thank you so much for joining me for a coffee with the editor. You've had a productive and busy morning. So the state of safety was released this morning. Obviously, there's some key highlights. A lot of it has to do with security, vandalism, theft of infrastructure. What were the other key points that have you quite concerned? Thanks, uh, Philippa, uh, for the opportunity. I think, as you rightly state, the, um, our my concerns really are around uh, security and the effectiveness of the current arrangements in terms of uh, making sure that we manage uh, that particular aspect. But in fact, if you looked into the very the same the security statistics, you'd also see that while vandalism or theft of assets is actually maybe the key driver of the increase or maybe the one that uh, uh, accounts for most of uh, those security incidents. We do have people's safety as an issue, and that actually encompasses uh, robberies, uh, people being attacked, assault, and, and all of that. So when you look at the category for fatalities and injuries, uh, people's safety actually accounts for uh, a lot more. And because of that, I do think that I know that maybe even in the discussion, I may have placed a lot of emphasis on assets and infrastructure. Mm. But I think personal safety outside around stations is an area that we should not uh, forget. In fact, one of the things we will be looking, we are considering is to, or we're trying to do, is to actually get those statistics broken down by gender mm. so that we also understand uh, who's most affected yes. um, in, in, within that category. And remember, if we're trying to attract people back to rail, that is one area we're going to have to look at. From an RSR perspective, because safety has been an issue, uh, for the few for, for, for quite a few years, we are conducting some research in the current uh, financial year, uh, so that we get a better understanding of personal security uh, and aspects of that, so that we are able to come up with the correct mitigation. So, again, safety continues to play. I mean, security continues to play a major role for me. Mm. Then, with respect to Operational safety occurrences, I think as you see that uh, we do have an increase in the category of people traveling outside designated passenger areas. Uh, so that's mainly around the station uh, precinct or where they are yeah, closer to stations. So this is this talks directly to how people actually access the station. Yeah. And I think when you think of an operator like Prasa, whom uh, is struggling financially, but also that means there's a lot of room there. If you consider that this is how people access the stations and the platforms, it means there's a lot of room for fair evasion. Yes. So there's an area that I think um, they need to. I know that fair evasion necessarily isn't uh, something within the RSS mandate, but um, I do think that, you know, when you look at the entire system uh, and you identify the key components of why there is failure, it's obviously the issue of uh, the financial stability of PRASA and its ability 
to collect as much revenue as possible so that we are also able to uh, carry out maintenance and uh, those sort of things which obviously eventually would affect safety. So you'd see in terms of fatalities in that environment, we've got about 11% increase as well as in injuries, which is about 38%. So that really is a concern uh, for us. People struck by trains remain the concern, as always been, because mm. we all know that they, their likelihood of survival is very minimal. And also this has, in a way, maybe indirectly, would touch on communities who are necessarily rail users, but actually, and not, actually not indirectly, it, it, it touches on it directly. Yeah. But it actually means that a whole host of uh, people who are living alongside uh, the network uh, lines uh, within the rail reserves aren't protected sufficiently. So what we are looking to do in that instance is to... The minister has uh, finally published the regulations on railway reserves, which actually uh, puts an obligation on operators to maintain and protect their railway reserves, but also it almost uh, requires the intervention or at least a partnership with municipalities um, when they do consider uh, human settlements, where they're located, um, and the vicinity around their reserve, and ensuring that we, we keep that protected so that uh, we don't have this encroachment into the railway space. So, obviously, the State of Safety report looks at 2019-2020 is a report up to the point before we actually shut down for COVID. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not sure what your stats are going to be for 2020-21. It's going to be a very different picture. Look, it is going to be a different picture purely because for about an entire quarter, you actually have not had any movement on the railways, particularly within the passenger side. Mm-hmm. So you're likely to see um, a transnet, but even there, remember, it was reduced, I think, during level five, mm-hmm. when everyone was operating uh, huge congestion. And obviously, four and three, where we started getting a new traffic coming in. Yeah. So my expectation is that from a passenger rail service point of view, mm. you may not see a lot. But also what we have done or what Rasa has done, uh, let me not uh, claim because that don't belong to me. Rasa has really done in trying to, in the reinstatement of the service, is not to reinstate the entire service, of course. In part, it is as a result of the vandalism that took place, the inability to maintain during uh, periods of the COVID, the lockdowns. So they've been opening it uh, corridor by corridor. So they're scaling up as they gain capacity to, to do that. And I still maintain that it provides an opportunity to build a network that provides much improved levels of service mm. uh, going forward as opposed to what we've had. And I think it also allows the Rasta team to almost learn lessons as they build up slowly. Mm. Of course, we had said as the, as the regulator, when certain things are not in place, particularly security, uh, protection of assets, if that's not in place, um, we wouldn't support an opening of a section. So they've almost had to sort of uh, scale up. And I think 
there may be the advantage of being able to do that is that you can increase your service offerings in line with the capacity or your resources uh, in, in, in that case. So I am keeping a keen eye on that to see how what's happening as they, they improve. We did get reports about overcrowding. Our inspectors are sort of looking at that mm. at ensuring that we don't go back to the old habits yes. where our trains are just overcrowded, which leads to all other uh, security risks. Yes, I think post-COVID, even in terms of what you may see, though, is an increase in the, in the security environment, particularly theft of assets, because we did see that uh, a whole host of assets were removed uh, from Brasa, you know, rail checks, uh, yeah. overhead, uh, if you, I'm sure you are aware, yes. a lot of, uh, in some sections we don't even have overhead uh, wires, we, mm. in fact, Brasa is deploying diesel lockers, so it is as a result of the theft. So I anticipate that that would actually show uh, a significant growth. Um, but obviously, the statistics will tell us once we have analyzed it. Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to get to my, my favorite topic. And it, <laughs> and it doesn't really have much to do with your what you released today in terms of your state of safety report, but will have an impact. <laughs> How are you viewing the potential of open access and concessions for both freight and passenger and uh, the rail safety's role? Um, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's yep. a big step for you guys. And, mm-hmm. and uh, what are your views and opinions on this? I should have known that you'll do this, uh, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I look. As the regulator, we obviously encourage that. Uh, We are, uh, and I see a whole host of operators are actually looking forward to that uh, that particular issue. Mm -hmm. While most of the issues that will will play out are mainly around economic regulation, which is outside the RSR's mandate, but from a safety perspective, we have been doing some work based on I think in the past we had been approached by operators on trying to work out what then becomes a proper arrangement between the network owner and those that operate uh, on that. So we we spent uh, quite a bit of time last year in anticipation of this, mm. looking at the interface agreement framework, which I think would then allow which in our view, it allows uh, both the network owner as well as um, the operator or the train operator to have an agreement and to have clear agreement and an understanding of who carries what responsibility. Because I think that's probably one of the major risks from a safety perspective is um, obviously there are issues around economic regulation, but I think for us it would be being very clear about who has the responsibility for safety within that environment and mm. having very clear agreements between mainly the, the network operator and the train operators in terms of responsibility, um, if I could call it that way. And then obviously the main oversight then comes from the railway safety regulator. Yes, the main oversight for the interface agreement would come from the railway safety regulator. Look, Philippa, it is something that's already in existence, but we thought we saw an opportunity to improve that so that uh, in anticipation of an increased number of uh, sort of private operators or third mm. parties 
um, within the network, um, and hence we started working on the framework. We've done and we've been doing an audit uh, to see the nature of the current agreements um, or yeah interface agreements, uh, mm. just from a safety perspective, um, and trying to identify areas of improvement. We are also obviously looking at uh, from a safety management point of view maturity we've been doing quite a bit of work on maturity assessment so that we also understand the maturity of the operators in terms of many safety and i think that would obviously play a key role going forward once you have as many players uh, in the system uh, and uh, in terms of the levels of maturity of the various operators because yeah. that, that would affect how manage uh, safety but my sense is that you would find that a lot of the responsibility still lies on the network operator um and in and i and i would anticipate that uh, they somehow sort of try and uh, transfer that to towards the their tariffs um or something along those lines in terms of uh, uh responsibility but as i say because it's not uh, within the RSR's mandate, so our key focus is really on the interface agreements. I think it's very exciting. Mm, mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it is an exciting prospect. Uh, it is something that we would welcome. Uh, I think uh, as the regulator, we, we are really looking forward to that. But key is that we are prepared um, mm. once that happens and we do not become a stumbling block uh, in the process of development. I think that's very important for me um, in ensuring that we understand the landscape and we are able to put in place the necessary measures uh, to manage uh, safety uh, in that context. What were the other things that, that came out of the report that, that have you concerned? Because the, the other stuff that was reported like this morning, they're pretty much no-brainers because we, we've been reporting on it for like some time now in yeah, terms of yeah, the security yeah. things. But obviously the, the big question, with, without a doubt, I mean, everybody's going, yes, you put your safety stuff out. Let's, let's get to the real stuff. And the, the real stuff is open access and, and the role that you guys are going to play. That certainly is, um, so the, our major role will be in ensuring that uh, there is clear uh, responsibility lines for who's responsible for safety uh, in order to ensure that that risk is mitigated. Uh, because we do expect the, an increased risk with that, uh, with other people operating. Remember, for Transnet has a lot of control over most of the network at this stage. Mm -hmm. So the more players are there, I think it is important that the rules of engagement from a safety point of view are very clear to all parties. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's where we're at, uh, Philippa, and uh, thank you very much for covering us. Always. Uh, this one, and uh, we're always uh, open to whatever discussions you'd want to have with us. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm planning a few. <laughs> <laughs> But you know me. <laughs> no, we'll be available. All right. I much appreciate the opportunity. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time, as always.